Blog Talk Radio. for joining us here on King Jordan Radio for the Tuesday, the 25th of February, 2014. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a loaded uh, show today. Uh, 
first of all, let's introduce our guest. Guest number one is the Wrestling Insider out of Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Double J, JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Hey, King. Uh, it's great to be on. What a huge week for the WWE, the return of Hulkamania to the WWE, the launch of the WWE Network. But before we get into all that, it would be amiss not to bring up, of course, last week, the uh, passing of former WWE superstar Mabel, who also was known as Viscera, also known as Big Daddy V. He was uh, just a really one of the big, really big, big men in wrestling. And uh, he was uh, a lot of fun to watch. If you remember him as Mabel from Men on a Mission, he was a tag team champion with his partner Mo. Uh, the whole Ministry of Darkness during the Attitude Era as Viscera. I mean, he was a very interesting uh, character, no matter what name he was going by. He was a, a lot of fun to watch over the years, and uh, he will be missed. Definitely. Okay, uh, let me bring in this guest. He's uh, calling uh, out of area. Uh, caller, you're on the phone on King Jordan Radio. Hey, King JJ, how are you? What's up, Blackjack? Okay. Let we start. Okay, Blackjack wants to his props that he was right uh, about. I've been Hulk telling Hogan. you since last year about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's true. Since last year, while he was in the in the TNA, mm-hmm. all these people have a have a uh, to come back home in the WWE, and that's where it is. WWE is is big. It's going to be big. You, you can't be without. Uh, being in that organization. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a heck of a year for uh, 2015 with the wrestling, and also you'll be seeing Sting. He's going to be coming on board soon. Uh, Hogan, um, they're going to resurrect resurrect, uh, a lot of these wrestlers' careers. TNA couldn't do it. Watch what happens now. Well, let me see if we have Dominic. uh, Caller, uh, you're on. Okay, that's not Dominic. He's not checked in yet. Uh, but um, JJ, since you out of the uh, out of the whole panel is the only one that has ordered the, uh, uh, the WWE channel uh, mm-hmm. on, well, uh, why don't you tell us all about that before we get to the pay per view results? Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, I was very skeptical whether or not I wanted to get it at launch, but when they uh, at, when they mentioned that they were going to have a free one-week trial, I figured, well, I'm going to probably get the network anyway, if anything, just to save on pay-per-views, so I might as well go into it uh, all the way and check out this one-week uh, free trial to end out February, and then uh, my subscription will start in March. So I I tried to uh, download the WWE Network uh, Monday morning about uh, when they announced it about what, 9 to 10 a.m., and I was having lots and lots of trouble. It just wasn't connecting. The order wasn't going through. Uh, apparently tons of other people. I went on Twitter, Facebook, and I saw lots of people were having problems just acquiring uh, the network. And I believe even... 
the network who uh, who is running the network, uh, Major League Baseball Advanced Media even said that in 14 years of doing uh, this digital Internet media, they've never seen anything quite like the response and uh, what the, what they got for the WWE Network. The, uh, the, it really exceeded their expectations, and they were overwhelmed by it. And you could tell because there were so many uh, hiccups and problems on day one. So I just said, you know what, I'm not going to be here all morning downloading this. This is ridiculous. So I eventually came back about in the afternoon, and I thought, well, you know what, we talked about the WWE Network being able to watch it on your video game consoles. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to hook it up through my PlayStation 3 and see if I have better luck. And this is, again, about the afternoon. So I hook up my PlayStation, connect it online, and I try to download the uh, WWE Network. And this time I finally made it through. I got through. I got the network on my television screen because, like I said, I hooked it up through my PlayStation. Because it's hooked up to your my PlayStation, you can connect it to your television, and therefore you can watch the WWE Network on your television. So that is one thing that's pretty cool, being able to browse and go on the network through your television screen. So I'm finally on the network in your home page. Uh, it features, of course, the, the 24-7 live stream and what's airing right now. And uh, you can essentially click play to watch the live stream. And just by luck, what a coincidence of all the shows to be airing live right then on the WWE Network. It was Beyond the Ring, the history of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It was as if it was a sign from God that I was the one to get this WWE Network right then, right there at that specific time. As we mentioned before on King Jordan Radio, Bret Hart, my all-time favorite. So I just felt like that was just... It was a sign that, you know, I was meant to get this thing on that day at that time in the afternoon. But anyways, I digress. That is your homepage. Your homepage, you have the live stream, which is airing. Underneath the screen, it'll tell you what's coming up next. So they had NXT coming up next. After NXT, they mentioned WrestleMania 1. And then right after WrestleMania 1 was the pre-show for Raw. So uh, once you see what's next, you can go back to your, the top of the screen. And the top of the screen, it has a category called Shows, in which if you go to Shows, it'll show you a category for Pay-Per-View. It'll give you a category for In-Ring. It'll give you a category called Original. And the last category is called Vault. So if you go back to the Pay-Per-View category, it features, of course, every single WWE pay-per-view, every single WCW pay-per-view, and every single ECW pay-per-view. On day one, you had access to all those pay-per-views. So I clicked uh, the WWE category, and they have from A to Z every pay-per-view that the WWE has ever had. I counted about 46 separate pay-per-view titles. Like I said, that's going from Armageddon to, you know, Cyber Sunday, to Judgment Day, to Taboo Tuesday, to SummerSlam, Rumble, WrestleMania, everything. Whatever the WWE has had on pay-per-view, it is there in all the years it's been on. You know, all 29 WrestleManias, all uh, the Royal Rumbles, all SummerSlams, it's all there. 
Uh, ECW the same. I counted 10 pay-per-views for ECW, and if you click the pay-per-views, it had maybe about three or four of the, the pay-per-views. Unfortunately, ECW, when they launched the, their first pay-per-view, and by the time the company folded, they had only had so many. So they had 10 pay-per-views that you could browse from, three within each pay-per-view. WCW had 23 different pay-per-views, and again, you know, every pay-per-view from Starcade to Fall Brawl, the Bash at the Beach, and uh, the thing that's very interesting about WCW, if you go to their pay-per-views, like let's say the Great American Bash, you want to watch uh, one of the first WCW Great American Bash pay-per-views, that's cool, but they also include in the WCW category the WWE Great American Bash pay-per-view, so it's all sort of in one category, even though that's technically a WWE pay-per-view, but because it has the same name as WCW, they included even the WWE pay-per-views in the WCW uh, category. Now if we go into the in-ring shows, in-ring shows, if you check out the, the categories for that, they of course feature Raw, it features SmackDown, Main Event, uh, Superstars, and NXT. So just for the heck of it, I click Raw. So I click Raw, and it gives you access to not every single Raw, but a pretty good chunk of Raws. Um, so they had Raws, of course, from 93. They had Raws from 99. They had just about every Raw from uh, 2002 to uh, 2013, and just very a few of Raw from 2014. They don't have the most recent Raw up yet on the network. They just have some of the early in January uh, with uh, SmackDown. SmackDown, if you click uh, the SmackDown category, you have access to the very first uh, episode of SmackDown in August of 99. You can rewatch that. They have, of course, some other SmackDowns over the years. And then they have the most recent SmackDowns from uh, pretty much the same thing from 2012 to 2013. And they just have very few from this year. And uh, if you go to the next category, they have originals. And these originals are shows you can only watch on the network. These shows are, are the WrestleMania Rewind, the Countdown Show in which they count down, the, the greatest catchphrases, the greatest villains, et cetera, et cetera. You can watch that. And, of course, the Beyond the Ring, which basically takes an in-depth look at uh, superstars or uh, rivalries and things of that nature. And, of course, then there's the Vault. And the Vault, you'd be surprised, since basically all the pay-per-views, the shows are covered in other categories. The Vault, at least as of day one, it only featured very few... Uh, matches from ECW Hardcore TV back from 93 and 94, some very, you know, old, old uh, ECW Hardcore TV shows. It featured uh, one match from uh, the World Class Championship Wrestling. They had a few, uh, another category was the Legends of Wrestling. And the Legends of Wrestling is essentially, it's just uh, a sort of a wise man committee with features of various superstars discussing subjects. Uh, I was just tuning in to the W Network today, and I watched uh, Legends of Wrestling, which featured Jim Ross, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Michael Hayes, Pat Patterson, and Mean Gene Okerlund, and they were talking about the uh, greatest giants 
that uh, you've seen in wrestling, from Andre to Vader to Yokozuna, even to the Big Show and Great Kali, you know, really, you know, uh, the Giant Gonzalez and other superstars as well who were just really big men, you know, big men in wrestling. They all kind of gave their points and what they thought of them. They told them some stories that they had with him when uh, they either, when they did business with them or they wrestled with them or just, you know, just, you know, just behind the scenes stuff that might be kind of cool if you're a fan you'd want to hear. So uh, that, they also have, of course, uh, WWE Old School. Now, WWE Old School features just, you know, older matches from the WWE from, like, the Madison Square Garden era. You can watch matches from 77, uh, 1975, uh, 1981, and as well as uh, 84. One of the matches they had on today was, uh, I think it was today, it was uh, Rowdy Piper and Ric Flair. It was uh, an old-school match. That was kind of cool to see. Uh, also, if you want to just see the schedule. So let's say you go past the shows, you, you skip the shows, go straight to the uh, schedule for what's airing today. You'll see what's airing right now. You'll see uh, the lineup that's coming up, you know, an hour from now, two hours from now, throughout the day, etc. So you can see what's going on that way. Uh, also, they have a search. Now, the search is pretty cool because you could essentially just type in uh, Superstar's name, and they'll give you just pages and pages of uh, content. So let's say if you type in Chris Jericho, there'll be about 36 pages with about 10 videos uh, that you can click on on each page. You can uh, search Taz. Taz has about three pages. You can type in Kurt Angle, who has about 15 pages. Even Sting, and you can watch all of, uh, a lot of matches from Sting, from WCW, uh, Andre, Bruno, Jerry Lynn, Tatanka, Razor Ramon, uh, Scott Hall, the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, Sable, Francine, Dawn Marie. You can just search whatever superstar you'd like, and you could probably find something. I couldn't help but uh, type in Owen Hart, and they do have some matches with Owen, which is very cool. I typed in the Over the Edge pay-per-view, and I tried to watch that. And at the very beginning of the uh, Over the Edge pay-per-view in 1999, they do have a tribute uh, memorial graphic for Owen Hart, and they mentioned that, you know, uh, in memory of Owen Hart, and he accidentally passed away. And that, that was it's just something that was very nice to see them paying tribute to Owen before the pay-per-view started. And uh, just for the heck of it, again, I searched Chris Benoit. I searched Chris Benoit, and I got zero uh, responses. There was nothing in there for Chris Benoit. However, let's say you want to go and watch WrestleMania 20. You can go over to the pay-per-view section and go to the pay-per-view category, click WWE, look for WrestleMania, click WrestleMania, scroll down and find WrestleMania 20, and you can watch Chris Benoit's match, his triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship against Shawn Michaels, Triple H. So even though you can watch Chris Benoit's matches, it's just kind of tricky to find them. You really have to remember the matches he was in. If you want to see his uh, world title victory from Randy Orton in the 2000 for SummerSlam, you have to go search for SummerSlam, look for the year, and then you'll just have to watch the pay-per-view. So if you do a search for Chris Benoit, you won't find any matches. So uh, 
of course, at the bottom of the screen, once you're on your home page, they do have a, a link to the www.com in case you want to go back to www.com. They have a link for shop so in case you want to purchase any T-shirts or whatever from WWE Shop. And, of course, they have tickets as well. They have a category for tickets. If you want to purchase a WWE t- uh, ticket that's coming to your hometown, a live event, things like that. So uh, it's pretty great, all the content they give you. But one of the main problems that they're having with the network, uh, it isn't the live stream. The live stream is the one thing that is working great. I haven't had a single problem with the live stream. That's, uh, that's been featured. You know, the live stream, which you can watch whatever's going on right now, 24-7, whether it's on at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, that is running smoothly. There's no problem at all. Let's say you want to watch one of those old pay-per-views, like I was watching Over the Edge. I was watching uh, WrestleMania 20. I was watching some old-school uh, Bret Hart matches. There is a problem with the on-demand library in which the WWE even admitted and sent out on W.com. They've addressed the situation that, yes, they do have some technical difficulties with the on-demand library. Oftentimes when you're watching the library on-demand, the video will pause. There's some sort of uh, buffering issue with the stream that is just not connecting uh, very smoothly. So you'll be watching the video and you'll see the introductions, the entrance, and it'll pop, or it might skip. And uh, that's definitely a huge, huge issue uh, if you're a subscriber. Again, you're paying this monthly fee. Uh, also, I've had problems where the, the, the on-demand content will just stop all, altogether. It'll stop, and it'll say error. So I've even I've clicked things and locked completely. So there is a lot of problems uh, with the W network. There, again, this is only day two. You know, uh, there's still a lot of things they have to fix and they have to look at and reevaluate. Hopefully, they can make this a lot smoother. But you know, for now, like I said, if you're watching the live stream and seeing whatever content they have, whether it's NXT, uh, very specials like the Beyond the Ring, the the WrestleMania. You know, yesterday I watched WrestleMania one haven't seen WrestleMania 1 in ages, and to be able to watch it on the live stream, which was running smooth, uh, it, it was great. It was great seeing that card again. I haven't, like I said, seen it in so long. So to be able to just go on your computer just to, you know, watch whatever's going on right then and there, it's kind of cool. But the problem right now is the on-demand library. You know, watching from the vault and having these problems where the, where you're trying to just watch a match or a pay-per-view, and it's just not letting the video is either stopping, it's pausing, or you're losing the video altogether. This is something that needs to be by the WWE and the network. They hopefully fix it soon. Uh, until then, we'll just have to you know wait and see what happens. So overall, uh, what would you rate the uh, your uh, uh, you know? Experience with the WWE Network on scale one to ten, ten well, being high. You know, it's it's day one, and uh, obviously a lot of fans have high expectations. They don't want any problems. So when you do come across problems, that's a huge issue. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an F. Uh, I wouldn't even go so far to say it's a D. I would just give it a C right now because uh, what they have, the live stream, works. 
and it works smoothly. They do have, you know, every pay-per-view. It's there, but the problem is you can't watch it. And if you do watch it, there might be a problem. I have heard some cases where people are fine. People have been able to watch the on-demand library, and it hasn't affected them. But I've also heard there's a, a very large portion of people, and unfortunately, I'm one of those people who fall under that category who aren't able to watch the on-demand content. They are having problems. I don't know what the percentages is of people who are having problems, but the, the fact that there are people having problems is a major, major issue that they need to fix. Like I said, right now, it's, uh, it's a great – I'm happy I have it. I wanted it for the pay-per-view only so that you know, I could save some money. So the fact that the live stream works and I will be able to watch the pay-per-view, you know, I'm happy. Uh, but the, a lot of the people who want to watch and have access to the on-demand library, they're very upset right now, and I don't blame them one bit. This is something that has to be fixed. Hopefully it will, and once it is, it will be running smoother. Then Maybe then I'll give them a much better score. But for right now, the network is running. Uh, things could be doing a lot better. There's people who are okay. Some people are upset. You know, I'm right in the middle. I'm I'm happy with what I got and I'm just settling for that. So I would just give it a C for now. I'm hoping they can improve upon whatever hiccups that they've had with the on-demand library. Uh, but the, other than that, you know, I like the categories. It's very simple. The home screen is, is very simple. You've got the video page. You have the, uh, the shows category in which you can look at the pay-per-views, Raw, SmackDown, the original shows, the vault. Uh, just to see the schedule, what's going to be on later, you know, the search, searching your favorite superstar scene, whatever, you know, countless of pages and videos and matches that they're in. Everything like that works very well, but it's the on-demand library is something that I personally have had a problem with. As I said before, there are some people who are perfectly fine and be able to watch the content. Maybe they have a better, uh, you know, Internet. I don't know those technical issues. Uh, until they fix that, it's definitely going to remain a problem. So it's hard to really encourage someone to order the WWE Network while these issues are still a problem. Until they're fixed, I would say to hold off for now. Absolutely. And uh, I was trying to get the, the trial last night, and as you were saying, it, it, it kept, like, uh, you know, going and coming, and, you know, it wouldn't it kept uh like uh you know what kept buffering you know just just wouldn't stand in one spot during raw, so I said, you know I'm gonna try later tonight as in today is a Tuesday, so uh I'll give it another shot to get the trial because when yeah. I put my stuff to enter the trial, they gave it to me, but it said you can't watch the videos, yeah, so, that's the problem. Uh, I should also mention that uh, when I was on the PC, I was using Google Chrome. I was using Google Chrome, and much like you, I was having problems uh, with the video, with the live feed, and I couldn't watch anything. And then that's when I went to the, my PlayStation, and I was able to finally get it and start watching it. So I went back on the PC today, and again, I was still having problems with Google Chrome. So if you're a Google uh, Chrome user, if you're experiencing problems watching the video, I would definitely suggest a different uh, Internet service. So I used Internet Explorer. You know, if you have Safari, maybe you can try Safari. I use Internet Explorer, 
and I was able to log in with no problems. I was able to watch the live stream with no problems. So if you're still having problems uh, watching the video, I would maybe even try a different uh, Internet service. Okay, I'd like to also, uh, before we get into the pay-per-view, remind everybody that tonight's show is brought to you by the big event with uh, appearing in his NWO gear will be Dirty Dennis Rodman, King Kong Bundy, AJ Styles, Buff Bagwell, Virgil, the Honky Tonk Man, Brutus Beefcake, Greg, the Hammer Valentine, and much, much more. For more information, go to www.bigeventnewyork.com. His action gets underway at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on March the 8th. Uh, so, uh, anybody uh, interested in that, go to BigEventNewYork.com, and uh, hopefully soon we will have uh, a guest of one of those people I mentioned. Who knows? They could show up tonight. Uh, who knows? Uh, uh, let's get to the pay-per-view. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, it oh, yeah. was WWE Elimination Chamber 2014. The main event did peak, the the main event featured a champion Randy Orton against uh, Daniel Bryan against Cena against Sheamus against Cesario and Christian. JJ, why don't you break that one down? Oh, yeah, the Elimination Chamber, as you mentioned, in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, the hometown of Brock Lesnar, who didn't show up. A lot of fans were disappointed, but uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. But uh, Minneapolis, what a great crowd. They were really into the show. Uh, They were pretty good throughout the whole pay-per-view. They had the kickoff show, which featured the Rhodes Brothers challenging Rybaxel. Uh, Ryback and Curtis Axel, which was very cool because Minneapolis is not only the hometown of Brock Lesnar, which I mentioned, but it's also the hometown of Curtis Axel. It's also the hometown of his father, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and it's also the hometown of his, uh, his father, Larry the Axe Henning. And to my surprise, when Curtis Axel made his way down to the thing, he was accompanied by his grandfather, Larry the Axe Henning was there. He accompanied his grandson to the ring. So a lot of the people in Minneapolis was, was really happy, excited the uh, the act. So that was a very cool thing. Uh, they had a really nice match. Goldust is another one of those guys who just surprises me. He, you know, the guy's in his 40s. You would think that he, there's no way he could, you know, wrestle the way he's in his 20s. But I think he's a better wrestler now in his mid-40s and was in his 20s. He's doing things now that I've never seen him do ever. I saw him do a top rope uh, flying Hurricane Rana, which was just, it was just amazing. The guy was great. Uh, we talked about this last week, and I wasn't sure if we were going to see Goldust and Cody possibly turn on each other. And uh, even Blackjack pointed out that probably it wouldn't happen Uh, at the pay-per-view that they might be saving it for WrestleMania or something down the road. And he was right because uh, nothing happened at the pay-per-view. There was no full cross. Uh, Cody and his brother, Dustin, Goldust, they worked well together and they got the win in the match. 
So that was the kickoff show. The first uh, match on the pay-per-view was for the Intercontinental Championship, and that was Big E Langston, who now is just referred to as Big E. He defended his title against Jack Swagger. And to my surprise, there's a, a big weave of people uh, following. A lot of people just chanting, we the people. I don't know if it's because they like Swagger or just if they like Coulter or Cesaro, but there's a lot of people just really into that we the people, and they do that chant, uh, you know, we the people. So uh, the fans, again, were very loud. For, uh, it, was a very, it was a good match. You know, Big E, Jack Swagger, two big guys, uh, big physiques, both, I think, very talented. And they had a nice physical match, uh, but uh, eventually it came down to Big E Langston hitting his finishing move, the big ending on Swagger, and uh, retaining his championship. And uh, right after that, they had Bad News Barrett came out, and he did one of his little uh, things where he does a rant and he just tells people bad news. And for the life of me, I just, I don't get this. I just, I don't understand the purpose. Uh, if it's just to get heat and to say stuff from the crowd, I don't know. I start to tune out. You know, I see Bad Bear and he's on this little thing. And, he, you know, he says whatever he does to the fans. And I just start to tune out. I, I'm just not into it. It just it doesn't do anything for me. And I feel bad because I like Wade Barrett. I think I, he has something to offer in the ring. I'm not sure why they're just sticking him with this weird gimmick. They're saying it was a hit on YouTube. But this isn't YouTube. It's one thing when something works online in a quick video, but to have him at a live event and you're waiting for the thing to rise up and you're waiting for him to say whatever it is that he's saying, I feel like it takes away from just what's happening at the pay-per-view and a lot of that stuff. So I I just am not into it. It, it, I don't know why, but uh, it's just not doing it for me. But uh, the next matchup on the card was the New Age Outlaws defending their tag team titles against the Usos. And the Usos have been their tails off. They've been having some really nice tag team matches. And, uh, you know, the New Age Outlaws, who are, even though they're heels, the fans, they love them. Whenever they do their, their introductions, they're always joining them in with the Road Dog and Billy Gunn. So they're really into them. I thought, again, these guys had a great match. The Outlaws were very fun. And uh, the Outlaws retained their titles. You know, uh, that's something we kind of predicted would happen last week, that the veterans would sneak one uh, over on the young guys. And that's pretty much what happened. There were a lot of CM Punk chants uh, during that match, which, you know, a lot of people have their opinions on that. A lot of people feel it's disrespectful to the wrestlers in the ring, that, uh, you know, they're the fans sort of hijacking the show. But at the same time, if the fans are chanting for another wrestler, then there's something not right with the match they're watching. I enjoyed it. I like the New Age Outlaws. I like the Usos. Maybe the fans at the arena that night were bored. Maybe they said, well, we've seen this already, and they lost interest. They start chanting punk. I know when the match is good, they're not chanting for punk. But, you know, that's another story. Uh, next up, there was Aaron Young versus Titus O'Neil. This was a grudge match. 
this match was uh, came about because the primetime players split. Titus O'Neil wants to go on his own. He feels that Darren Young's been holding him back. So they had this match. And, you know, it was a, a sort of a hit, hit and miss with the fans. Again, the fans not really that invested in this match. It's something that just came about it seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, they wouldn't, it just, uh, I don't know, there's something didn't click with this match. I like Titus O'Neil. I think he's a, a, an interesting character. I think he's great on the mic. You know, he's very quick on his feet. He's very good. He's got the look that he loves. He's that big, you know, big guy. And, uh, you know, he had a match with Darren. It was okay. But uh, he scored the victory, so we'll see what happens uh, with him later on. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Darren Young. I don't hate Darren Young. Uh, you know, I like Darren Young. Uh, you know, it's just that for whatever reason, when it comes to doing promos or his matches, it seems that the people aren't that invested in him yet. I don't know if uh, he needs to develop his character more or just something, because it seems that a lot of people are pulling for him. They want to see him do well. They want to see him succeed, because, you know, he's one of the first wrestlers to come out openly about being gay, and they want to see, you know, that guy. Now, I was, I was watching, J.J., but I, I didn't hear the audio because I was watching that and the basketball game. Do, do they mention that he's gay, uh, Darren Young? Hell no. No, no. They don't address oh, it uh, during the show. No. What was that, Blackjack? No, why would they uh, announce that as a big spectacular thing? They did already. That's it. Now they move on. Okay. Okay. It, you know, it was interesting because uh, that night on uh, the NBA floor made the debut of the first uh, gay player in sports history with uh, Jason Collins coming out, uh, signing with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, of course. So uh, who wound up winning again, J.J.? Titus O'Neil. As you predicted. And, Jack, you predicted uh, Randy Orton. You got that right. Yep. And you predicted Titus. You got that right. Right? Yes, I did. JJ, you predicted uh, Daniel. And I predicted Cena. Yeah, I, you know, I went with my heart because I love this guy. I think he's uh, tremendous. He's had such a year, and I just want to see him main event WrestleMania for the title. He's the most over guy in the company. He's just a real workhorse, and the fans, they love him. His work uh, speaks for itself, and I think he deserves the opportunity to have his WrestleMania moment. When you think WrestleMania it's the biggest show of the year. You think about Andre uh, and Hogan and Hogan slamming Andre. You think of Hogan's return to the WWE and him facing The Rock with the NWO sort of in his corner. And you think of some of the biggest, most monumental matches and, like I said, moments in wrestling. And what a moment it would have been for Daniel Bryan. But uh, it ain't going to happen this year. Yeah, that that's... Definitely a, a shame. But, uh, I think it'll probably be Danny Bryan versus Triple H at this point. You guys agree, finally agree yet? Oh yeah, you'd have to at this point, especially you if have you watch. To be at this point. Yeah. 
He don't need no title as of yet. He'll get the title before the end of the year, but he don't need it now. That's true, yeah. Well, uh, we also have Brock Lesnar taking on The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Interesting. That uh, definitely is happening for sure now that you watched uh, Raw yesterday. Uh, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker made their returns. Uh, Brock Lesnar uh, came out on Raw yesterday, and he demanded that he had a opportunity to face the WWE World uh, Champion at WrestleMania. Of course, Triple H and the Authority denied Lesnar, and instead they said, well, you know, Lesnar, you can have a match against any WWE superstar of your choice. And uh, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman was accompanied Brock Lesnar, and he said something that was brilliant. you got to love Paul Heyman. He said that the WWE, they give you everything you could want except for what you want. And I just thought that was brilliant because what do the fans want? They want Daniel Bryan in the title match. They're not going to get it. Bryan will have his day in the sun. He'll have a great match at WrestleMania. We're still going to get Daniel Bryan, but we're not going to get what we want. So when Paul Heyman said that line, I just thought that was a stroke of genius, you know, about the WWE always giving you whatever you could want, but still not giving you everything that you do want. So that was brilliant. And, of course, at that point, the lights went out, and there was a gong, and it was The Undertaker. The Undertaker came down the, the aisle, and he had his, you know, black cloak, his hooded uh, jacket, and he came in, he raised the light, and he entered the ring and was face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. And uh, Heyman had the contract set. Lesnar signed it. He basically shoved the pen in Undertaker's chest, which the fans just went, woo-hoo-hoo, you know, that you know, Brock showing very little respect to the Undertaker. And the Undertaker took the pen, and he basically stabbed uh, Lesnar with it, and then he signed the, the contract. So this is happening for sure now. There's no ifs and buts about it. Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, the streak is back on. Will The Undertaker be 22-0 and 0 at WrestleMania? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a good uh, gambit that he would definitely keep the streak going. But that's the great thing about wrestling is with Brock Lesnar, who's just an animal. He's a, a legit beast. The streak is in doubt. Just because Lesnar's a beast, whether or not fans believe Taker's going to win regardless, there's always that doubt just because Brock is just an animal. And hopefully the match is good. I hope, you know, Taker's in good health and, uh, you know, he has a nice match with uh, Lesnar. And uh, Batista defeated Alberto Del Rio. That is correct. Uh, At the pay-per-view at the Elimination Chamber, Finally, they sort of had this grudge match where Batista made his return. Alberto Del Rio has been upset about uh, Batista taking his spotlight. So he's been calling him out, calling him out. Finally, we have this match at the Elimination Chamber, and Batista got the victory. He did his Batista bomb. The match was, wasn't that bad. It was a lot better than I thought it would be because uh, I wasn't too sure about Del Rio. I wasn't too sure about Batista. This is Batista's first singles match in the WWE in over six years. You know, whether or not he has ring rust or, or not, that, that's definitely going to show. 
Alberto Del Rio is a guy who is excellent in the ring. I, I'm a fan of his in-ring work, but for some reason his character seems to lost uh, some appeal. And the fans, you know, they seem to be tuning out with uh, Del Rio. But uh, it's just because a lot of the fans hate uh, Batista right now, especially the Minneapolis crowd. They were just booing Batista like you wouldn't believe. In fact, they even started a boo Batista chant. They just they just couldn't stand Batista, and they were actually cheering Del Rio. They were doing the C C C, which is you know essentially yes, but in Spanish for uh, Del Rio. And they were really into it. And, uh, I was I was very surprised how much uh, I enjoyed this because I thought it was going to be just a squash match, and you know who cares? But uh, I, I enjoyed the match. I think Del Rio looked good. Batista. You know, he did what uh, he had to do, and, you know, he got the win, and now he's going to be headlining, you know, WrestleMania. So, you know, that's that. Okay. Uh, are fans to blame for the Daniel Bryan situation? Let's take a listen to this clip, and we'll debate it on the other side. WrestleTalk TV is sponsored by online wrestling training school, wrestlingknowledge.org. Here's, here's, what, here's what I'll say. Uh, here's what I'll say about that. I think that there's a degree to which we are to blame. And the reason I say that is that it has got to the point now in WWE where they do not know anymore what we want. And there's almost a sense, I can almost imagine somebody in the back of WWE going, hold, you know, throwing up their hands and going, right, fine, what the hell, you know, have whatever you want, just tell us what you want. Because constantly they are, for example, I'll give you, um, let's say, Sheamus, okay? When Sheamus was a heel back in 2010, 2011, he would regularly get, a smattering of cheers. There was quite a lot of sort of... He would, he'd become a cool heel almost to the point where he was getting cheers and there was a bit of popularity. He naturally got over and got popular with some of the audience. Then, he turns face because the WWE sees that the fans want him to turn face, supposedly. He turns face and now every time he comes out to the ring he's greeted by boos even though he's, he's booked as a face. So I say that the WWE have got to the point where they're like, well, even if you're cheering Daniel Bryan... Do you really want Daniel Bryan or do you want something else? What is it that you want? And that's where my standpoint comes on this particular point. Well, this isn't necessarily in my opinion, I'm about to say. This is more sort of a case of me being devil's advocate. But Daniel Bryan might not be getting the wins. He might not be holding the title. But he's in the number two spot in the company. There's literally just John Cena above him in on the card. And in terms of popularity, he's surpassed John Cena with the majority of fans so it's a case of yes he's not getting the wins we want him to have and I I want him to win as much as anybody else I was amazed that he didn't win at the Royal Rumble but does he need it I mean Roddy Piper never won the world title and no one goes who's that guy in the kilt you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. No, no, definitely. Uh, the thing for me is, though, that, I mean, and I'm kind of switching gears now because I'm already kind of on the back foot set talking about why I think that Daniel Bryan has been pushed to one side, side. And I think actually, I've said this before, I think the CM Punk walking out things actually helped Bryan to a certain okay. extent because it's meant that Bryan moves into CM Punk's program with Kane and, and apparently in, in the future Triple H. So, um, but I think prior to that, if you looked at the if you looked at that roster, you could say that from a popularity standpoint, Daniel Bryan was right at the top. But for me, from a booking standpoint, Daniel Bryan was being placed below John Cena, below Batista. When Undertaker back comes back, below him, below Triple H, below Randy Orton, below Bray Wyatt. 
below Brock Lesnar, you know, that's there are seven people. And then if he's also below CM Punk, which again he was also going to be, that's eight people that are being booked better than Daniel Bryan. I mean, and, and, and booked in a way that makes them above him in terms of the pecking order for a big money payoff at WrestleMania. Well, the seven people you mentioned there fall into three categories, in my opinion. You've got the main eventers, people like Randy Orton and John Cena, who are already made. And then you've got the returning superstars, which is its own whole deal. People like Batista and The Undertaker coming back for his WrestleMania match. But then you've got the stars they're trying to make. And maybe it speaks something to what they think of Daniel Bryan. If they have, you know, if if he does the job to Bray Wyatt, it makes Bray Wyatt look good. So I, I genuinely think that between just before the Rumble, maybe a Raw or two before the Rumble, and now... Bray Wyatt's popularity has increased, and some of that's got to be from some sort of residue of him beating Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. Yeah, I mean, it means that you're able to take him more seriously because he's beating somebody at the height of Daniel Bryan. But I still think that we're in a place where Daniel Bryan, WWE could have done huge business with Daniel Bryan. Uh, The kind of business that maybe not quite as big as Austin, but the kind of business that would have looked similar to that in terms of a bubble of success for the WWE if they had ridden the coattails of Daniel Bryan at that point. WrestleTalk TV is sponsored by online wrestling training school, wrestlingknowledge.org. I would never do that. (laughs) All right, JJ, I want to get your take on that Daniel Bryan cut situation. Well, they brought up some very interesting points, is that the WWE, I really think that maybe they are confused. Maybe they don't know what the fans want. Uh, You know, there's always been in wrestling cheering the cool heel. You can look back at Steve Austin, The Rock, heels, and yet they were being cheered for, and then they eventually became the top faces of the company at the time. You know, we're seeing the same thing with guys like Punk. When Punk made his pipe bomb, he was a heel, and yet everybody was behind him, and they were cheering him. And then, of course, he became a face. Same with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, when he was Mr. Money in the Bank, he was a heel. He cashed it in. He became the most over guy in the, in, you know, that night, and uh, he soon became a face. Uh, the same thing with uh, Sheamus, uh, Randy Orton, and now Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was a heel. And he lost to Sheamus in, was it, you know, 13 seconds. And uh, he became the most over guy. And since then, he's been one of the top guys. It's not the number one guy, not the number two guy. He's definitely one of the top guys in the company ever since then. And now they've just really grabbed a hold of him. Even when he joined the Wyatt, and we weren't really sure, is this for real? Is this going to stay? Is he going to remain a, a heel with the Wyatts for months and months until WrestleMania? You know, who knows? And it only really lasted about a week or two of the most. But uh, the fans didn't betray him. You know, even though he was wearing the, the, the Wyatt gear and stuff and he was accompanying them to the ring and he had Bray Wyatt slapping around, they stood behind him. They definitely are behind this guy. But, uh, you know, what more can you do with him? Like Blackjack said, you don't have to have the title to be the guy. You know, CM Punk was the champion for 434 days, and yet John Cena was the guy main eventing pay-per-views. He didn't have a title. You know, so uh, the same, I think, with Daniel Bryan. It's just that the fans want what the fans want. 
and they just think that the title means everything. You look at a guy like Roddy Roddy Piper, as they pointed out, never world champion, but yet he's still beloved, he's still highly respected, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, uh, people don't forget about Rowdy Piper just because he was never a champion. And Daniel Bryan has been a champion. Whether or not he was a champion for a few minutes at SummerSlam, or even if you acknowledge his, his time as the world heavyweight champion, uh, you know, he's, he's at least had the belt. You know, you, you can't take away that, oh, he's never been champion. He's the greatest guy never to win champion. He has been champion. Maybe he didn't have the run you wanted him to have, but he held the title. And right now, even though he doesn't have the title, he's still just, you know, the, the top guy. The fans love him. They don't, I don't think they even care. Let's say you put the title on Brian. Would that diminish his following? Because now he has the title. What more is there to do once you have the title? Will fans start to lose interest in him? Will they say, oh, he's got the title, now what's next? This way he's not the champion and they're behind them. They created this yes movement, and it seems to be getting more and more people each week where every arena is just jumping up to their feet, pointing up in the air, and screaming yes. So maybe keeping the title off of him is really a stroke of genius. I don't know. But whatever is going on, Daniel Bryan, I think, is doing pretty well. He's still one of the top guys, especially with Punk gone. Punk walking out was probably the best thing that ever could have happened for him. Because before that, there's an argument to be made whether or not Punk and Brian, you know, who's number two, who's number three. Punk's gone now, for now at least. So Brian's the guy. Punk was in a, a feud with Kane and the authority. Punk's gone. And now who's feuding with Kane and the authority? Daniel Bryan. He moved up a, a spot. So and, uh, as we pointed out yesterday on Raw, he, he issued a challenge to Triple H for WrestleMania, and Triple H just kind of laughed at him. He said, you know, we had this conversation before. I only work with A-plus superstars. You know, until then, you know, I'll find a place for you on the card, which we know okay, eventually. Uh, yeah. I think we do have maybe a guest. Uh, Party, you are on King Jordan Radio. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, hello. Can you hear hey, me now? Is this the no. uh, former Intercontinental Champion of all time? The greatest Intercontinental? No, I'm not former. I'm the greatest WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time. Ladies oh, and wow. gentlemen, please welcome the Three one, hundred. the only, the Honky Tonk Man live here on King Jordan Radio. How are you? Come on, buddy? give it come on, come on, come on. Give him give me some applause. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, let me hear something. Honky, honky, honky. Oh yeah, all right, all right, all right. That, okay, that's enough. Listen, that's enough now. That's that's good. Okay. okay Shake rattle and roll, baby. You're on the Boy, phone. Boy, can't let anybody do this show. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you know, I was when, it comes say, to pod, when it comes to when it, when it comes to podcasts, you can let anybody do anything. Is that what's That's going right. on now? You're on the phone with Chicago Sun Times on Blackjack Brown. Blackjack Blackjack Brown. Blackjack Brown. <laughs> My man. Man, oh man, oh man! What a name from the past. I mean, I'm talking about Blackjack Brown, right baby. He, Blackjack <laughs> Brown had the ghetto. He had the ghetto gloves before anybody had them. Yeah. 
He had to he had to get old black he had to get old blaster a long time before Bad News Brown. Most definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're on the uh line with uh, my partner in crime, double J, J J. Say hello, J J. Honky Tonk Man is definitely a pleasure to talk to one of the longest reigning intercontinental champions of all time. Uh, now, definitely a pleasure now, my man. Now, now, I don't mean to cut you off, but you said one of the longest. It's not one of; it is the longest. Absolutely. Six don't add points. any don't add any adjectives in there. Just get to the point. <laughs> now you will be the main attraction. Uh, I should say, along with Dirty Dennis Rodman, Harley Race, Mr. King Kong Bundy, on a March the 8th uh, at the, for the big event. They can go to bigeventnewyork.com, and you're going to shake, rattle, and roll there. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. First of all, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, King Harley Race again because – uh, I mean, there's not a there's not a legend any bigger than King Harley Race, and and uh, what a first class gentleman he is. And obviously, uh, you have King Kong Bundy, who the WWE has never called back again. And I want to ask him, just what did you do, Bundy? What did you do? Yeah, and I got now with De- with you. Well, now with De- now with Dennis Robbins, a whole different story because uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, he he's not from our world. Dennis is from another planet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Dennis is not from this universe. But anyway, it'll be good to see him, and I hope he's doing okay. <laughs> All right, let's start off with this. The uh, Hall of Fame induction opens up with a guy you feuded with time in and time out in the 80s and the early 90s. I'm talking about Jim, Hay- Jim Helwig, the ultimate warrior. Give me your honest opinion of the ultimate warrior. Uh, I think he's very deserving of going in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if you can if you can put uh, Pete Rose and a limo driver and and, and uh, people of, of that, I mean, come on now. I mean, I, I don't mind. I, you know, I really don't mind it in, at what they do because. Uh, it's, it's 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 strictly entertainment and it's fun for the fans and it's it's a great honor for the wrestlers to be inducted and and I had a a, a really pleasure to induct Coco uh, Beware the Birdman back in uh, Houston several years ago and and it was a great event and and the guys that get inducted they're very humble they all they are all very deserving and uh, Jake the Snake what's your take on him well getting to the whole thing. You know, uh, I, I to me personally, my take is uh, I'm glad Jake's going in. He's well deserving, also. But to pander, to pander for the last six or eight months about it, and then get it is like, come on, did, did the WWE knuckle under or what? Uh, maybe I should maybe Blackjack Brown should start pandering for the honky tonk man. But no, I mean, I mean, Jake, Jake is well deserving, also. Uh, so don't, let's don't look at the negative side of it as anything other than it's positive for Jake. Okay, there's also talk of Scott Hall. He hasn't been announced yet. And Paul Bearer. Uh, I, you know, Paul Bearer, I think, is uh, and should be announced. And, and if he's the last one they announce, it's deserving that he would be 
the last one with a big send-off. What a fabulous guy. And I, I was talking to him uh, three days before all this, this tragedy happened for him. And I was down in Pensacola talking to Don Fargo and, and, and several guys on the weekend this past weekend, uh, legends from the Southeastern Championship Wrestling down in Pensacola and Mobile. And, and uh, Paul Bear was fine at the uh, reunion last year. He was absolutely perfect. And he had been a little bit sick, and then uh, they took him to the hospital on the Sunday night after the uh, uh, Gulf Coast reunion. And then on Tuesday, uh, it was... Uh, he he didn't do very well. He had he had a chest infection. Okay, uh, JJ, uh, I want to go to you to for the next question for Mr. Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, I mean, what could you tell me about uh, when you won the Intercontinental Title? You mentioned you are the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. When you first won the championship against you know Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know what was it like going into that? Did you have any idea that you would have been champion for so long? Uh, no, that was, no, 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 you never, I don't think anyone, and, and, uh, if you ask Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold or you ask, uh, John Cena or any, 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 anyone that said, uh, you can ask Bill Gates and say, you know, what do you think made it happen? No one, I mean, none of us, we really know. It's, it's something that did happen. Uh, you know, people say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a great intercontinental champion. He, well, by all accounts, he held the belt for probably about eight, nine, ten, maybe nine weeks. He won it at WrestleMania March 28th and lost it on June, what, 6th or 7th? Yes, about now, June Now, Now, now I'm, not, I'm not saying anything bad about Steamboat, but he did say he hated to lose the belt to an Evis impersonator. And so my comeback on that was, well, had you rather lose it to a piper who blows a bagpipes and wears a skirt or had you rather lose it to a, a snake man? Or had you rather lose it to a uh, a natural Butch Reed? Or had you rather lose? I mean, come on, man! I, I, you know, I like that thing on Fox. I, I like that thing on Fox Sports where Mike Dick and them guys go, "Come on, man!" No, it's CBS <laughs> or somewhere. It's not Fox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got the wrong station. But it's like, come on, man! <laughs> come on, well, Blackjack! Blackjack! Come on, Blackjack! Give me a come on, man! Come on, man! Oh, that's it, Daddy! <laughs> Blackjack Brown, fabulous, unbelievable! What a, t- Blackjack! Blackjack! Yes. Yes, Let me give you a name. Let me give you a name from the past. Tom Casati. Ah, well, I, I last heard he was in uh, Vegas somewhere. Yeah, whatever happened to the Penguin? Somewhere in Vegas, I'm hearing. That's the last I heard about him. Probably like last year. Uh, now let me ask you this. Now, Blackjack, you're you're you a uh, historian of Madison Square Garden. Exactly. Did, did the honk? Did the honky man sell out Madison Square Garden on a two week notice with Bruno Sammartino? No. Yes, I did. You know, I did because Jake went. Jake went to rehab, and, and they had to bring in somebody. And with about a two or three week. Okay, I'll say three weeks. Three-week notice. Uh, no, actually, that was Boston. I'm sorry, Blackjack. Okay. Did the Honky Tonk Man sell out the garden against Bruno? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Did I sell out Philadelphia against Bruno? Yes. And Boston? Uh, as far as I can remember, you did. Absolutely. Thank you, Blackjack. See, so you're oh, a historian. You, you, come on, just say it. Yeah, uh, you did. Come on, man. Come on, man. 
I saw you on the video with uh, New Jack and the Iron Sheik. Uh, oh, please, please, please. Listen, listen, listen. There's, there's some things that need to be like sleeping lions. Leave them alone, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's, put this, let's put this one back in the archives, and, and hopefully it will resurface <laughs> in about 50 years from now. But, no, that, I mean, I mean uh, to be with New Jack and the Iron Sheik was fabulous, and I enjoyed every minute of it until the police came. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean that was well, de- and, and, and you know I'm not going to say I wasn't wrong either. I was it was well deserving that the police came because we were uh, extremely inebriated and uh, doing things we should not be doing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what's your thoughts on Viscera passing away only at 43? I think you worked uh, with him, Mason. You know, I, I, I met that young fellow, and I say young fellow because both of them came into, and I was working part-time for Jerry Jarrett, and I think I was in some little small town in Arkansas. I had left the WWE, and they, they came into the locker room, just young green kids. And, and he was so big and impressive, and, and I told them, uh, they said, you know, we might have a shot going to WWE, and about two weeks later they did. And I said, enjoy it. I think you guys will do great there. And I never saw him again. I never ran across him again. But, you know, he had gotten extremely, extremely heavy. And, and that's what happens to some of us when we, when we uh, you know, when you're not doing this every day of your life, you tend to get lethargic and, and, and your body changes. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. J.J., it's your turn. Next question for Mr. Hongi man. Uh, back in 2008, you made a special guest appearance with Ring of Honor. Uh, what was your relationship with Ring of Honor like uh, then? Um, you know, I, I, really, I, didn't, I, I did not have one with them. Uh, I, I was in Chicago at the time. We were doing a Comic-Con or something, I think, myself and Luke Bushwacker. And, of course, Luke, uh, you know, he was friends with uh, Gabe. And uh, he, they, they said, yes, you guys, if you want to come over. So we went over to... Uh, over, I think it was Chicago Heights, outside of Chicago, and just did a little appearance there, and it was fun. It was great. And to see those guys that were in the locker room uh, and now see that several of them are big, big stars, it, it's really great. They, they do have a good product. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, I think personally their product is, is much better than the TNA product. And uh, obviously the guys that come out of Ring of Honor are – much much better than some of the guys that are down in TNA. But all you know, all these young fellows. It's a sad thing that uh, these other companies cannot get. I mean, it's like, come on, man, can't you guys get with it? You know, uh, TNA is behind the eight ball on over a hundred million dollars. Probably lost money, but you can't produce a product that's any good. Like it has. But it has nothing to do with the talent. Yes, it's 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 like a reflection. It's like WCW all over again. But Ring of Honor has Ring of Honor is doing just as good or better with a lot less money. Yeah, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think um, the the Ring of the people that do the Ring of Honor understand uh, their fan base, and I think the TNA people, for some reason, have never understood their fan base. And that's you don't, they don't. They, they, the WWE has a, a fan base that's totally different 
from TNA, from uh, it was totally different from WCW uh, fan base. It's totally different from Ring of Honor. The WWE had a fan base that was absolutely totally different from the old ECW fan base. And and I think if you're going to do this, you need to understand your fan base. And of course, keep Eric. Now let me say it. And I gave him the nickname, and and I've even heard. Uh, uh, Kurt Angle call him this, and of course Steiner too. Bitch off, keep people like bitch off out of there, and and, and your company will do better. But, uh, did you ever work for Mister Bitch Off? Oh yes, I was there for. I, I, let me tell you this, and uh, I think Blackjack, you'll under you you you'll you'll like this. You get you'll say, "Come on, man!" I, yeah. I was I was there. I, someone said, "Do you remember that song you had in WCW?" And I said. No, I don't, because I wasn't there long enough to learn the words. Wow. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's true. I wasn't there long enough to learn the words of that dead gum song. <laughs> Your feelings on Eric Sims. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Don't. It, why would you mention Eric Sims when I'm on your show? <laughs> ESS, no BS. E- yeah, come on, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on give me, give me another one. Come, come on, Black on, Jack, man. you can do you, it. You gotta be kidding. Tonky, <laughs> did you uh, get a chance to look at the WWE Network? Well, you don't care about no. that. Uh, no, I haven't. I know. You know, I- I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, even though I'm on, I'm not on a Legends contract. I'm on their Nostalgia contract, which is totally different. Uh, I, I don't look at the product at all. I don't look at TNA. I don't look at Ring of Honor. I read the internet reports. I, I look at the internet uh, news uh, places on a daily basis to catch up on what's going on. But to sit down and watch a complete wrestling show, I probably have not done that in. 20 years. Uh, there's just nothing that interests me to sit and watch every match, every hour of the day. No, I totally agree. But now, now, with the, now I, I, let me go yeah. on the record and say this. With, with the WWE Network, I really think yeah. it's a fantastic, a great idea. They have all right. the footage. They have all the, they have all these, uh, the catalogs, the libraries from all the old territories and uh, TNA, take notice. You're next. Vince is going. Vince is, Vince is going to buy their catalog, and he's going to own that. But uh, it's a, it's a really it's a great concept. It's fabulous, and I think to the to the wrestling fans that buy it, they will enjoy it. I think it will be great for them. Yeah, uh, you could actually get a free uh, you know trial, but. I uh, heard that you have to pay uh, six months in advance after, so it's sort of like a trick for uh, 9.95 free trial week. But uh, we'll, uh, see well how that you know, works. I mean, it, I, it, it's supply and demand, and WWE is very—they're they're very good about how they promote and how they uh, launch and do their their projects. And uh, you can't—you can't say anything bad about them because listen. They're a Fortune 500 company that took wrestling from carnivals and sideshows and uh, little buildings up in Rhode Island and, and off the coast of uh, 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 of Bangor, Maine, and places like that, and they put it in 
huge major arenas that's as big or bigger than the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Okay, Blackjack, let's go over to you for the next question for the Honky Talk Man. Okay, another name from the past. Lonnie Hanover. Have you seen Lonnie? No, I haven't, but I, I, I did get a Christmas card email oh. from Lonnie, and I haven't I haven't talked or seen Lonnie in, oh, gosh. He, he went to work for another company, uh, and I, I, I briefly talked to him about five years ago on the phone, and that's been it. I'll send him your regards. I'll be seeing him in, in March. Well, good. And, you know, I never get to see George and Palatano or, or, or those guys, and, and I'm sure that – I'm sure that Bill After will be showing up over at the at the uh, New Orleans. No, he'll be. Uh, oh, he'll probably be over. Oh, oh yes, he, he'll probably be there March 8th, and maybe I get to see George. He'll show up, and you know, uh, Blackjack, that's your neighborhood, or or have no. you moved out of there? No, I'm I'm in Michigan right now. Michigan. Yes. Man, they don't need you over there. Come on, man. You ain't kidding. They need something here. <laughs> They need uh, something over here. I don't know what's going on here. Crazy. Anyway, anyway, Blackjack, can you can you uh, tell the fans that's listening right now? And I and I know uh, when I go back and sometimes I look at it, which is not too often, but when I lost the belt to the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. I don't know that there has been a louder response from anything that happened in Madison Square Garden than that night at that point in time. You are correct. You are correct. Uh, if, if, the fan, if the fans go back and they All listen the stuff to is it. documented, though. You know, you, if they, with, the, with the YouTube, that's on there. You know what I love about YouTube? I can go back now and see my old matches. From yeah, when that's I what's first, on there. When I first started, I can go see matches. I, I can watch people like Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Dory Funk. Uh, Junior and then Terry Funk and and then all all those legends Bruno I can see those people now that I only got to see when I was a young kid as a wrestling fan in the magazines. Yeah. Honky, and, that, uh, and there there again that's why I like the the WWE Network is is for the real wrestling fan they are going to see nostalgia and history now. Hockey, uh, there were rumors back uh, in the 90s that you were going to ma- uh, manage the Disco Inferno. Uh, I think Vince Russo started those rumors. Is there any truth to it? Uh, well, if Vince Russo started a rumor, I, yes. I, never, gave Vince, I never gave Vince Russo a name uh, uh, like I did Bitch Off. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I could have called Russo. I mean, Jimmy Cornette's probably called him everything in the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, n- no, Vince. No, Vince Russo and uh, di- no Disco Inferno was never part of the, never considered. N- nice kid, I met him and I liked him and you know very talented kid. But uh, I think he loves to put card games on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man! <laughs> Say it, like Jack. Come on, oh, man! Come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Hockey, well, what's the relationship uh, with uh, Jerry the King Lawler, cousin? Uh, you know, we haven't talked to each other. I haven't seen Jerry in over two years now, and we were at some comic cons together, and, and he sat across from me doing his thing, and I did mine. And uh, it's, it's not any different. I mean, you know, hey, look, it's business. It's not personal. Right. 
there, there's nothing ever personal in this, in this business. And when you start to take something personal in the in professional sports or, or entertainment, and I'll say that both pro, pro sports and entertainment kind of parallel each other. When you start to think that something's personal, it's time for you to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. JJ, let's go listen, to you. Listen, what listen, what if what if Vince took everything personal against all the guys that had done something personally against him that he didn't like, would Hogan be back? Exactly. Oh, right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Look at the Come situation on, man. with, 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 with Bruno. <laughs> all right, JJ, Nobody let's ever thought Bruno you. would be back. Absolutely. That's... Look at Bruno. Come on, man. <laughs> so it's not personal. It's never personal. And and that's the beauty about Vince, and I've got to say that. And I, I've never said anything uh, bad about that, that fellow because, I mean, I did not. Sometimes I didn't agree with his business decisions, but on mm-hmm. a personal level, level, he never took it personally. It was business first, and uh, that's how, I mean, that's how it is. Yeah. Okay, let's try J.J. again. J.J., it's your turn. You know, I, I remember, you know, watching your career in the World Wrestling Federation, but a lot of the stuff before that, which I wasn't very familiar with, like uh, what was your, your take when you were in Stampede Wrestling, and do you have any stories about Stu Hart? Oh, well, I, I think I was probably the last person that uh, was in the ring with Stu. Oh, wow. uh, we had a match, my, myself and my partner, and I think that was the last match that he had, the fabulous John Foley, the English fellow, that was the original British Bulldog. John Foley and I wrestled Stu and uh, one of Stu's sons, Keith Hart, and uh, I think that was probably the last match that Stu was ever in. And I, I can't say enough about the honesty and the integrity and uh, those things about Stu. Uh, he was every he was everything that that we always grew up thinking that a promoter should be. Although we had gone through our careers finding out that sometimes promoters aren't what we thought they should be, but Stu was, he was the one that was the stand-up, straight-up guy. And, 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 you know, the the same way was uh, Vince's father was that way, and I, I was never around him, but I've heard stories. Listen, when you have 20, 30 people tell you that someone is a good guy or he's a, let's say it this way, a good fellow, not like the movie now, but he's a good fellow, then mm-hmm. he's a good fellow. And and even with uh, with with Vince Jr., Vince Jr. is a good fellow. Uh, he's caught up in, uh, in having to deal with a hundred different personalities, a multi-million dollar company, and it's not, it's not an easy thing for anyone to do. And, and Stu was... Uh, Stu stands out as the guy that uh, that I truly, truly enjoyed being around. Uh, hockey, uh, back in your days, you had Jimmy Hart, you had Slick, you had Paul Barra, you had all these number one managers. What did you think about the, the uh, era with the managers and compare it to now with practically no managers besides Mr. Paul Heyman? It's it's such a lost art. I mean, uh, it's such a lost part of the programming, and where it where it got taken away or who took it away, I don't know. And uh, you know, to see a guy like uh, Captain Lou and to see Luscious Johnny with the Dream Team, and and, and to see uh, Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan and 
and and and all those all those legends that that manage people and Freddie Blassie and the list Brandon goes on. Mister Mr. Fuji, those, those were so much a part of the program. Those were so much a part of the wrestling show, the card in any city. But I, I really don't understand why they don't have more of them or why they just totally got away from them. Right. You had Jimmy Hart. Tell us about him uh, working with him. Uh, you know, J- Jimmy, Jimmy and I, the thing about a manager is this. You can be put with someone. I could have probably been put with Freddie Blassie, and the gears, the gears might not have worked. Freddie's a great guy and could have done everything. But he was not that energetic, musical guy. And Mr. Fuji, same way, he was fabulous for, for what he did with the guys he was with. And, you know, Captain Lou, maybe, and I, we could have worked and the gears would have clicked. But as, as I tell people, it's, it's like driving the old stick shift car. When you've got, you got the gears and they're working great, baby, you're on a roll. And Jimmy and I... Uh, we clicked, and we clicked very well for a long time, and we can still do it. We can still go out there and never say a word, never do anything, but the gears will click. And that's a hard combination to find. It's very much like tag team wrestling, a combination of a razzmatazz showbiz guy and then some bully wrestler that's a tag team partner. There has to be a contrast, and managers have to contrast with the, the the fellow they're managing. No question, and we were talking about managers as a lost start. Tag teams is now also a lost start. Back in your day, it was Rhythm and Blues, the Bushwhackers, Demolition, Powers of Pain. I could go on and on. What do you think of the lack of tag teams? Well, it's it's the same thing I, I said about the uh, about the managers. I, I don't know where the tag teams were lost. I don't know where they or who made the decision that these things aren't interesting anymore. And I think tag teams are they're a fabulous part of the card because you have four people in there and a, and a referee. And if you add a manager, then you're adding all these people. It's like at the end of the thing, when it's all ready to be over, I, I equate it to Orville Redenbacher popcorn. I mean, you got bodies flying, you got people doing all this stuff, and you know it's exciting for the fans, and I, and I grew up in tag. I grew up in tag teams, and when I first started, I spent ten years being a tag guy, and 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 I was telling the fellows down in uh, Mobile and Pensacola on the weekend. For the first ten years, I was in tag teams, and I was. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I understand and I know how to work in a tag team. And then all of a sudden, I went to Calgary, and now I'm a singles, and I did not. I mean, every now and again, I would look over at the corner, and I didn't have a partner. I, I, it was a difficult transition for me to go from tags to singles, and, and, and uh, but I, I did it. But I still, I can still. When I watch tag teams now on the independents, they are horrible. They are absolutely horrible. They do not even know how to do a tag team match. Wow. Who do you think was your favorite uh, partner? Oh gosh! Was it Greg the so Hammer Valentine? Uh, I, no, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Greg would have been. I mean, the 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 contrast with me being the flamboyant, uh, sparkly guy that got in and did all the boogie woogie. Uh, you know, I, I was a show business guy, the guitar player, the singer, 
and Greg was the wrestler. It's a fabulous contrast. But Greg did not like having the black hair, so he did not he did not put the effort in it. And if you ask him now, Blackjack, I swear to you, if you ask him now, if you had it to do over with again, would you have put more effort into rhythm and blues? And he would say, Yes, I made a mistake. I should have done this because it was it was it was a good tag team. It was a good contrast to tag teams. Yeah. Uh uh, one of the best partners, I mean, I had David Schultz as a partner for a long time. I had handsome Jimmy Valiant uh, as a partner. But I mind you, I was a young kid with Jimmy Valiant. And so, you know, I was a kid that got in, took all the bumps, did everything, got the got the crap beat out of me. And then Valiant stood on the apron, ha cha cha cha, ha cha cha cha, yeah, baby, ha cha cha cha. But uh, <laughs> I remember that well. <laughs> He he was a good cheerleader, you know. And so, but I, I learned a lot being with him. And, and then with David Schultz, I mean, there was a good contrast with us. I would have to say, and most people wouldn't wouldn't know it until they watch some old Stampede tapes. The best tag team partner that I ever had was a, a young fellow, a fellow named Ron Starr, who at one time was a junior heavyweight champion. He won the belt from Nelson Royal, and then when he came to uh, Calgary, Stu, after David Schultz left, Stu and put him with me, and Ron Starr was a, a, a fabulous, fabulous interviewer, uh, tremendous worker in the ring. Just, uh, I mean, the, the gears with Ron and I clicked. Okay, uh, JJ, let's go over to you. Now, as we mentioned, uh, you've been very uh, entertaining character over the years as a tag team or in singles. But uh, with the WWE, you were also very briefly a commentator and then going and becoming Billy Gunn's manager. Uh, what was it like as a manager and then being a commentator? Well, the, the commentating thing, I would, I, I mean, I would really like to, I'm, I, now I'm going to pander a little bit like uh, everyone else. I would love to do commentating again, and I, I, I think I did good at it. Uh, yes, I was you not did. the best. I was not the best by any means, but if I had, if I was given more time to do it and 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 less distractions when I was doing it, uh, you know, I, the first time I did commentary, I was sitting beside Daffy Duck. Now da- I call him Daffy Duck. That's <laughs> Roddy Piper. I mean, you can't get this guy to shut up. <laughs> so it's 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 real hard to get a word in edgewise. So, and and at that point, I was still fresh in the wrestling business and just coming off of losing the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't want to be a commentator, so there again, I mean, that the negative side of me, I did not put my best effort forward, and it didn't work for me. And then when I came back and did some commentary for WWE during the Billy Gunn setup thing, I think I was, I was okay at it, but I knew that I was not going to do it forever, so there again, I didn't put the tremendous effort behind it because I was not pandering or looking for that job mm. and then the billy gun thing just went on and on and on it was like can we ever find the next greatest intercontinental champion it went on for like three four five months it was horrible to wait and wait and wait and then it was terrible for billy he didn't want to do it and and he was very much like greg uh you know it was something that and that not only that and Jimmy Hart will say this. My character, the honky-tonk man, with all the flashy stuff, the song, the music, the guitar, and the razzmatazz, 
my character standing outside the ring while Billy was in there trying to work and get himself over as, you know, the next greatest thing was extremely difficult because people were looking at me and not at him. And it was uh, a terrible spot for it was a terrible spot for him to be in. It was horrible. And it it, it, it and consequently, folks, it did not work. Say it, say it, Black Jack. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You gotta be kidding. <laughs> uh, Honky, when you look back, what would you say, man, was your personal favorite match of a guy that you maybe worked with? Is there one that sticks out more than any? Well, you know, of course, winning the Intercontinental Championship from Ricky uh, Steamboat was the one that catapulted me from mid-card, lower card, up to main event status. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, I, I had great matches with Jake, and I had uh, it was a good little run with Jake when, when I mean, obviously, and, I, and it's on. I'm on the record saying it. Jake went to rehab so many times that I had substitute. People think I, I, I didn't win any matches. When someone quits like Ricky did, then you have a substitute. The substitute wins every night. When Jake had to leave and go away, someone had to be the substitute. And they said it, it's a non-title match. So I was losing. Night after night after night, every town I went in, losing, losing, losing. The only thing I could do was go on TV and say, look, Mean Gene, I still have it. I still have the belt. But, I mean, those were difficult times to go through. Uh, I had, uh, I think my best piece of work probably was with uh, Macho Man. Now, and and, and I had some good work uh, with Beefcake, a short run. And I had some good stuff underneath building Jimmy Snooker back to get him ready for uh, for uh, Kurt Henning. And, but I think my best piece of work was with Macho Man. Yes, and uh, you were uh, on Saturday night's main event. You were very high profile when you wrestled uh, Macho Man uh, over that time. Yeah, and you know, someone brought it to my attention not so long ago. They said, you know, you guys... The Hearts came in, and they held him. You hit him with the guitar. She goes against Hogan. He comes in. Did you guys ever have any tag matches, six-man tag matches? And I went, you know, no, we didn't. Nothing. <laughs> the, I was never in the six-man or anything with the Hearts against Macho and, 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 and anybody. I mean, it was like normally if some guy runs in and, and you know, they do yeah. that, then we're coming back in the six-man. We're we're in a six man. Uh, yeah. No, we never. None of us. Me, Brett, or Jim. Let me say it there. Brett, Jim, and I, to be uh, grammatically correct. Uh, but anyway, we never had any tag matches with Hogan or Savage. Nothing. The Hearts didn't have tag matches. No, none of us went on to wrestle the Mega Powers. None of us. That's the same. Yeah. Some some fan brought that to my attention. The fan, see, and the fans are extremely, extremely smart. Yes. Say it, Blackjack. Come oh, on, yes. man. Come on, man. It is the truth. Look at JJ. Look what we got here. This guy used to be, he still is, what I used to be in, in remembering stuff. JJ is great. The king is great with the information, you know? You know, and, and that's that's what I respect about a lot of people, and especially there's one fellow, and I've never had a chance to sit down with him because we've not been together. And, I mean, we were together briefly in WWE, but 
he was very busy doing office stuff. Jimmy Cornett. Jimmy Cornett is a historian. Yes. Jimmy Cornett has been a fan since he was a child. Jimmy yes. Cornett can tell you who wrestled who in 1975, how much the, the gates were, how, how much. Uh, Jimmy Cornett is, is, and I say this about him, he is what everyone should be that's part of this wrestling business. If you're going to be in it, be a student. Now, be a student means knowing everything all the time. But by the same token, then you get to the point where you set your standards so high compared to the ones that don't practice, you know, history that you say, you know, you just can't deal with them. And I, sometimes I'm that way. I went back to WWE for a short time, not the last time I was there in March uh, of last year, but I was back there doing the Santino Morella thing. And there was yes. all those all those divas backstage. Yeah. Natty Natty Nyhart knew who I was. Gail yeah. Kim, and and Beth Phoenix. I mean, it's uh, like you got you got twenty five girls back here, and they don't even know who this guy is with black hair and sideburns. Uh, I mean, you know, come on, man. Oh, come on, <laughs> oh, come on, man. But, you know, Vince told told me a long time ago, he said, hey, business has changed. They don't have to pay their dues anymore. Business has changed. And he is right. The business has changed. They don't sit down. You know what they they should make them do down in Orlando or wherever they do that NXT stuff Mm -hmm. or wherever the the training center? They should should make them attend class just like in college. And one of the classes would be wrestling history. Yeah. And they would have to know and learn everyone's names and take yeah. a test and a quiz after the end of three months. They should also <laughs> have a free subscription to that uh, network. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, no, Vince's not going to give any way, anything away free, so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, guys. Yeah. Let me one more question for Blackjack because I know he has a million questions. Come on, man! Come on, man! What mm-hmm. is the Hunky Talk Man doing today? As far as just oh. making appearances, are you going to get back in the ring like the New Age Outlaws? No, 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 no. We, we, you know, when it comes to New York, uh, they give you a physical before you work in New York and. Uh, someone said the, uh, I was reading something about Hogan. They said, yes, the WWE gave him a physical. He didn't pass. Well, yeah. come on, man. The guy's had eight back surgeries, both knees, both heels. Come on, man. He ain't going to pass a physical. Forget about it. Right. And then Piper's going, yes, I want a match. I want a match with Hogan at WrestleMania. Come on, yeah. Piper. You, yeah. Listen, look, when you, when you have, when you are, when you are, are, are a publicly traded company, you can't just put guys in the ring. It's it's a liability. And and you know, us guys over any anybody over fifty, fifty five years old, we're we are a liability when it comes to a big company. Sure, I can go out on an independent show and I worked on an independent show Saturday night in Mobile, Alabama, Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, the dream team and, and Rhythm and Blues was reunited and Bullet Bob Armstrong was in the match and and, and seventy four years old, Bullet Bob was there. I mean, you can't, WWE can't do that. Let's, come on, man. You know who would want to still do that? Ric Flair. Isn't that oh, amazing? Come, come on, yeah, man. Let me, come on, man. You're the head uh, leader on that one. 
Oh, he, Rick can't, he can't pass it physical either. Come, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's nothing. Listen, we all, I love this business as much as anybody. And I, if Vince asked me to go back in the ring, could I do it? Of course I could. But, I mean, but I, I'm not. Would you do it? Well, of course I would. Why not? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lean, mean singing machine. That's right. <laughs> Listen, I'm and a song course. and dance man. Blackjack, if I can sing the song, shake my hips a little bit. Now, like the shake, rattle, and roll, I do a lot of shaking. That's I don't all you do need too to much do. Ra- that's that's right, but I don't do. That's it. You still got your hair, right? <laughs> that's it, baby. I st- you know, honky talk man will never die. There you go. <laughs> you, you know what? We're going to have so much fun in New York uh, coming up March 8th, and it's going to be fabulous. And to, to sit there and be with those guys and, and see them again is, is uh, you know, I don't, I, 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 want talk I, want to, I, want, I want to talk to the fans as much as I can, but I still want to find out what King Kong Bundy said. Every time I open my mouth, I'm telling a lie. I, that's, 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 I don't know where I don't know where where King Kong Bundy got that from. I think he was talking about Dusty Rhodes. Oh. <laughs> gotta come front. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got a confrontation on that one. <laughs> Listen, if a if a wrestler's talking, he's probably lying. You never know. Uh, off you on a serious <laughs> note, what was your take when you found out about the whole Chris Benoit situation? Uh, it was, uh, it, I was really, I was shocked because I helped break Chris in. Ron Starr and I did in Calgary, uh, when we were the tag team and Chris was, uh, the two fellows broke him in in Edmonton that I knew because their, their father in Edmonton was partners with Stu and played football with Stu with the, uh, Edmonton Eskimos and, and, and they broke Chris in and then sent him down and then Chris and, uh, Benoit. Uh, one of the other fellows that married one of the Hart daughters, uh, the Benoit boy, and 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 no, Chris was the Benoit. Uh, oh, jeez. Anyway, Chris came down and was tag team with one of the fellows who married one of the daughters, Bazarath. Now I got it. Ben Bazarath and Chris Benoit. They were the ta- they were a little young tag team that was put with myself and Ron Starr. So we kind right. of guided them along and helped them. And, and I was with Chris very briefly in WCW, which was extremely briefly, and then for a short time with the Billy Gunn thing in w, WWF. Uh, it, Chris, to me, was a shy, humble guy that loved the wrestling business, and he was another historian. He would do anything for the business. And when I found out how all this happened, it was way beyond the realm of anything that I knew about him. And, uh, you know, we never know what sets someone off in their personal life, in, in their private life. We, we, we will never know. Uh, and it, it's, it's so sad. It's, it's so, so sad. Honky, personally, I don't think he did it. Uh, uh, I, I, you know... It, it's 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 just a strange strange events and it's terrible terrible. I mean we don't know what happens behind closed doors anywhere. We all think we do. We all want to think we do, but we really don't. Do you think he should be recognized in the uh, Hall of Fame? 
Of course, why not? I mean, it's like saying, listen, I, I think it's common knowledge that O.J. had something to do with the murders of two people, but you can't yeah. take away, and it's the same, same as Pete Rose. You, even though Pete Rose would gamble, well, gosh, you can't take away the guy that O.J. played football or Pete played baseball and set all these records, and you can't take away uh, the fact that Chris, uh, that Chris was a wrestler because he did something that was outside of what uh, is normal in human behavior, but you can't take you can't wash away their records. You can't wash away the fact that they were there. Well, Vince is attempting to wash it away because uh, it's not even in the WWE Network uh, as much as you know. You can't really access it unless you really, really try hard. Uh, okay, not, so what? what a, Okay, let me ask you this. What about a guy that kills himself snorting up a whole bunch of cocaine? Should he well, should the, he should he be there? What about a guy that gets drunk on a highway and kills a whole family or something? Should he be in the Hall of Fame? What I mean, come on, man. Someone would say you, you, though he took the ten year old child's wife away. That's the issue. It had nothing do to do with it had it had nothing to do with his records or his wrestling career. It had nothing to do with that. I agree with that. I mean, you, you you just can't wipe out Barry Bonds's records. You can't wipe out you can't wipe out the the records of of of, of, of these guys. You can say, well, because they cheated or because they did this, they didn't ever exist. They had a life before this happened. That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, that's my feeling on it. My feeling is, listen, we all do bad. We all have bad behavior, but you can't just say the guy never lived. He never existed. And to me, to me, that's 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 the wrong. No, I'm not saying you reward. You're not rewarding their bad behavior. You're You're just acknowledging what, what he's done in the past and during his career. Right. You're acknowledging what they accomplished. In their career, not what they, not anything else. You know, it's a sad, sad thing. Are you yeah. saying, well, a guy can't, he can't be in a Hall of Fame because uh, of, of something that happened on the playground when he was ten years old? Come on, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get serious about it, but I, I really, I mean, I have my own opinion. Opinions are like our. Are, are are posterior. We all have one to sit on. Exactly. And nothing you can to take away uh, his ability and the memories at WrestleMania 20 when he first won the title and he hugged uh, Eddie Guerrero in the middle of the ring. No one will ever forget that, no matter what. Well, I mean, there's always been mysterious deaths uh, around athletes and entertainers and uh you know, wrestlers, and but then some get, you know, some get promoted to the highest levels uh, because of they did bad behavior and died in some hotel room somewhere with mysterious uh, heart failure. Whereas another guy does something and uh, they're exiled to uh, purgatory forever. Hundred percent. We'll let you go in a few more minutes. Just a few more questions for Honky JJ. <laughs> Yeah, but you mentioned you uh, inducted Coco Beware into the Hall of Fame in 2009. 
Uh, what was it like to be a part of the Hall of Fame? Did you enjoy, you know, reminiscing with uh, you know, the camaraderie with the superstars? And uh, have you been to any Hall of Fame since then? No, I have not been back since then for any Hall of Fame. And uh, it was great. It was fantastic. And uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, uh, I, I understood. And, and this is something that, that, that I, I think a lot of fans, and especially some young aspiring wrestlers, even the guys that's in the business now, uh, and it's, it, it's something that The Rock would say. It's one of his taglines. Know your role, which means know your position. Know where you are on the card. Know what you're supposed to do. And I knew my role going in to Coco. And, and it was not my night by any means, and I did not try by any means to overshadow or take away his spotlight. And I know that some people who introduct, who in, introduct or induct some people in different things whether it be the Hall of Fame or whether it be the Grammys or whether it be anywhere, sometimes the inductor tries to be the star. Mm. And I, I knew my position, and my position was, this is, Co- this is Coco's night, and I'm not going to take away from it. Yeah. And I said all those things about Coco that made him a big, big star to everyone, and it was all true. I didn't have to make anything up. Absolutely, no question. And, uh, Honky, when you look back to your era, we talk about managers, tag teams. In, in, fact, in, fact, let, in fact, let me give you just a tad bit of inside information. I yes. went to Coco, and I, and I went to Coco before I went out, and I sat down with him that afternoon, and I told him exactly what I was going to say because I wanted him to be comfortable and the fact that I was going to say this, and I told him exactly like I told you guys. I said, it's your night, Coco. It's not my night. My night will come someday, somewhere, at another place, another time. But tonight, here's what I'm going to say. And I, I, I said it all to him. I didn't read it. It was in my mind. And I said, will this work for you? And he said, yeah, man, that's great. And he, told, he said, I appreciate it. And I went out there, and I delivered it just that way. Wow, that's cool. Uh, that, that, that's amazing, and uh, I, I think you should definitely be, uh, you know, I'm shooting here, you should definitely be in the Honky, uh, Honky Tonk Man should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, it, it's definitely it, coming. Are you kidding? Oh, Blackjack, come on, man. Oh, come on, man. No, you know, it's like I said, <laughs> another another place, another, another place, another time, and, uh, uh, it's not something that you sit around and you, you know, you a dog after a bone and you're yap, 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 and you want it so bad. Look, hey, man. Hey, come on, man. I've gone this long. Who cares? You know it's going to happen. Well, it's not my call. Not yet. And, and you be. know what? If it, if, if it, it was my call, call, if it was my call, I would say take someone else. Right. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Because, and here's why, and I'm, I, here's here's why I would say that there are so many, so many men and women, boys and girls. I'll say boys and girls because we call them boys and call them girls. There's so many boys and girls out there that are so much more deserving for that than I am. Oh, that's real. So humble. many, so so many more, so many more. And 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 if I was asked to pick someone, 
I would, I, you know, I would not even want that chore. I would not even want it because there's so many that all need to be there. Yes, yes. You know, uh, Billy Silverman uh, posted on Twitter that he thinks Leilani Kai should be in. Uh, gosh, uh, well, see, there again, you're putting me in a bad spot, but of course, by all means. Uh, I'm, come on, man. There's, there's, like I said, there's, there's, you, you can only put so many per year, and it's, it's too bad you can't say, listen, we're going to put 100 people in. And but that's 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 the pecking order. That's the nature of the business, and uh, it's a lot. You know what I tell my wife when I have a bad booking? Like I spent six hours in Houston the other day, and the flight got canceled, and and then I, drew, I flew to New Orleans and drove six hours to Pensacola. It's the life I chose. That's it's the life I chose. Back in 88, uh, Honky, when you were told that this was going to be the plan and Warrior was going to squash you, and uh, how, how, how did that well, make now, you feel? Now, now, wait a minute. Now, now wait a minute. You, uh, I was not told I was going to be squashed. That was my idea. Really? Oh, okay. Yes, that was my idea. Oh, okay. that, was all, that, was, that whole match was all mine. I mean, I was given creative control over that, and... And I thought I I thought I did pretty good at it. Yeah, absolutely. Did he thank well, you? Was, Jim? You know, oh yes, yes, yes. Jim's a fabulous guy. Well, I can't say Jim. His name's Warrior, but Warrior's a fabulous guy. And you know, misunderstood in a lot of respects. And you know, rough tough businessman, which he should be. He's dealing with rough tough people. It's also rough tough businessman. Right. Uh, you know, you can't get any rougher and tougher than Vance. He's a tough businessman. And so you have to have been, been the warrior learned to deal with him that way, and and that's a good thing. Uh, there's other people that will have been from a rough, tough business level. Obviously, Hogan has. That's why he's back. And yeah. and then and Stone Cold, and the list goes on and on. The Rock. I mean, The Rock had came yeah. back from WrestleMania. And, come on. I mean, Bruno. Oh, yeah. So uh, you know, it's all give and take. But no, I mean, when when I was informed about what was what the what the plans were, and because of because of these plans, what what premeditated and what created these plans, uh, Hogan wanted to go to Hollywood and leaving, and the company's going to be left with no one. And they were scrambling for someone. And eventually, uh, I'm going to go on record because I haven't had a chance to say this in a lot of venues. Because this is the first podcast I've done since May of last year with... Uh, Cabana because I, I totally stopped doing them. Oh, very uh, cool. I, I just Steve totally stopped. Did you go? I have not done. I, I have not even done my own podcast and Cabanas. <laughs> I said I said I'll do yours, but uh, after that I did no more. I did. I have not done any. This is the first one. But I will go oh. on record saying, and 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 I'm not I'm not trying to blow smoke or pander or do any of those things. Vince, you know, everyone says Vince is a genius. Oh, Vince McMahon, Vince's not a genius. No, he's not. He's not even near that probably mental capacity. But <laughs> he, Vince, Vince is a man of vision. There's a difference. He is a man of vision. He sees things that you and I and anyone else, we don't see. He is a visionary. 
he takes something he takes something out of a picture. He takes something out of a match. He takes something out of a person. He takes something out of someone that's walking down the street. And he is a he sees things we don't see. That's a visionary. He's a man of vision. Yeah. It's not it's not genius what he does. He has a vision and we all scratch our head and say, Come on, man. Do you remember the first person? Blackjack. 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 Let me ask you, Blackjack. How many times you scratched your head and went, Come on, man, I can't believe they're doing this? Uh, A lot. A million. A million times. A a lot. A lot. Guess what? I've seen Vince McMahon do the honky talk man before the honky talk man even did it. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is that type of. He. He is that character. Whatever character that he sees in you, he can make that character in himself. I saw him do a George Steele better than George Steele. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's not genius at all by any means. It's a vision. And and people who have, have accomplished great things in life have a vision. And, and I'm, I mentioned I'm, I mentioned earlier Bill Gates. If you ask Bill Gates, listen, you were a college dropout. How did you create all this? He'd say, I don't know. But he had a vision. And, yeah. and Vince is that Vince is that type of person. He can see a guy walking down the street and say, that's a character. And he yeah. can put that character on someone and mm-hmm. make it work. Yeah. Now, has he had has he has he had failures? Of course he has. Yeah. But his success. Far, far outweighs his failures. Yeah. A lot of people think Paul Heyman has that uh, savvy about what you're talking about, but was just horrible with money. What's your thoughts on, on uh, Paul Heyman? You know, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I was never around Paul. I've met him t- probably maybe twice uh, in WWE. Other than that, I, I think we've, we've said hello I met him once and introduced ourselves, and then I didn't see him again until I was back doing. I, he wasn't even there when I was doing the Santino Morello thing, and then I saw him last year, and we briefly said hello. Uh, he never used me in ECW, and I, I never watched their product of, uh, to any extent other than being in Boston one night and, and working for Killer Kowalski, and and, and uh, saw it at two o'clock in the morning on a Boston station, and. I saw Rick Root slapping this girl over the backside, uh, <laughs> so, and it was funny as hell to see because I know Rick Root, and I think I, I forget what that girl's name was. Uh, she was a girl manager or something. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I think, it, I think it, it Paul, was, in my opinion, I think Paul comes pretty close to uh, to that, as you were saying about Vince, believe it or not. He took that DCW and wrestlers to an extreme on his own right. You know, and and I, I was around, and I have to say this about not Jeff Jarrett because I, I wasn't around Jeff, and I don't know uh, anything about Jeff at all. But I was around Jeff's father, Jerry Jarrett, and Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett was a visionary. Like he this. he was he he. There's certain people who have that, you know, they have that ability to. They see something that we don't see, and we scratch our head going. Are you kidding me? When he said, "Listen, I'm gonna take this guy, this this Ultimate Warrior, and I'm gonna," I went, and I told Vince, I looked at him, I said, "Come on, man!" <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But he says, no. He said, I really think I can make this happen. And I said, well, good luck, man. Good luck. And you know what? He made it happen. Yeah. And and it did. And it was something that I, I think, And that, you know what? And I'll say this. I, I'm a poor judge of characters. I, I That's why I'm not a booker and I'm not a promoter. The first time The Undertaker came out, and it was a Survivor Series, I think, on a Thanksgiving in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They said, we got this guy, and he's going to do this and put people in a body bag. Call him Undertaker. <laughs> yep. I, I said, this will never work. Are you kidding me? Put somebody in a body bag, they're going to boo everybody. They're going to boo him out of the building. Well, he's been there for almost 30 years. So <laughs> 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 I, see, and that's why, that's, that's why I'm, I'm not good at judging people at all, and that's why I keep my... Judgments uh, out of the I, 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 shit. I'm I'm horrible at it. Let's go for a final question with JJ. Well, you know, with the launch of the WWE Network, it seems that recently when they have pay-per-views and such, they bring some legends back uh, during a legends panel, and they have them uh, talk about the pay-per-view. Would you be open to something like that? coming in and maybe as a commentator or just, you know, analyzing the, a match or something for that nature? Well, with the nostalgia contract that I'm on, uh, I'm pretty much for the next, well, I had five years and uh, one year's gone now. So for the next four years, I'm pretty much uh, at, at 24-7 call for WWE. Oh. And uh, uh, that's how it is. And uh, if they call me to do something, I'm more more than willing, happy, and able to go do it and uh, take it from there. But uh, until until that phone call comes... Listen, I don't sit around my house waiting on the 203 area code to pop up on my phone. I will be there for WrestleCon on a Saturday. Okay. Uh, I'm there. I'll be there with, uh, of all people, Daffy Duck, Roddy Piper. I don't know how Roddy and I are going to get along together. I, hopefully he won't be there the same time I'm there because, I, you know, I love Roddy to death, but I, I think he doesn't even remember that I was ever in the wrestling business. But uh, besides, besides that, Psycho Sid will be there, and I hope I'm there with Sid because, I, I, you know, Sid's one of the guys who came up to me when he was world champion, and, and I was back doing the Billy Gunn thing, I think it was maybe, or something, and, or they brought me back for something, and, and Sid came up and he says, man, he was so humble and so... Uh, you know, I've watched you, and he was he was just so nice about everything. And, and from then on, Sid and I have been, uh, you know, on really good terms. And I think he's a great guy. Well, uh, Honky, we thank you for joining us. Uh, there are some websites that you have, right? Well, we yeah, have the honkytalkman.net. I don't do a whole lot on it anymore. And we were going to start our radio show back on uh Tomorrow night, but uh, uh, Steve, my webmaster, we were going to do the Shake, Rattle, and Rolls, kick it off tomorrow night after a year's absence, and uh, he's had some uh, uh, things that he had to attend to, so we've had to postpone it. But uh, the fans look forward to March 8th when the Honky Tonk Man rolls back into New York. All right. And uh, are you on Twitter? Oh, yes, official, official HTM. Official, that's you. Okay. Are you on Facebook? That's me. Fa- Facebook is, oh, uh, jeez, what is that one? No, it's Honky Tonk Man, I think. 
Okay, and if, if promoters are listening, which they are, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, who should they oh, email? Go on Wikipedia and find out everything. Yeah, that's what they say. That's amazing. <laughs> that's right. Listen, I went on, I, I'm going on Wiki. I'm going on Wikipedia in just a few minutes. I'm going to look at old pictures of Black Jack Brown. <laughs> Come on, man. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. Come on, man. Oh, come on, man. All right. Hey, fellas, it's been a pleasure. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Black Jack, God bless you, brother. Same to you. I hope to see you soon mm-hmm. down the road. I hope so, day. man. It's been so long. Yes. Intercontinental champion of all time, baby. We'll see it's you crazy. on March 8th. Thank you, Honky. Thank you, guys. Good night. Have a good night. Okay, okay. Honky, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was the Honky Talk there. The, the Blackjack, uh, what's your thoughts? Oh, I got to some history with that man there. He definitely was a great person to, to be around and to hang out with. As you can see there, uh, one of my oldest friends in the wrestling world and uh, uh one of the best. Walk back a lot of memories. It still is. And JJ, uh, what's your take? Oh man, I mean, it was just a, a huge honor, and someone who, uh, just as a fan of wrestling, you know, I grew up watching him, and you know, the '80s and the '90s, and to be able to have a one-on-one conversation with him is just, you know, any fan's dream. You know, I was a big fan of his character. I thought he was very entertaining. And uh, it was just really great. And I didn't get the opportunity to say, but I told you this, uh, King, uh, privately, that actually this past Christmas, believe it or not, my cousins sent me a Honky Tonk Man action figure from Mattel, one of the new, uh, you know, wrestling toys by the WWE. They have, you know, since Honky Tonk, Honky Tonk Man is a part of their like, sort of legends uh, deal, you know, they released an action figure of him and just... Just by coincidence, you know, this past Christmas, they sent me a Honky Tonk Man uh, figure, so that was just uh, very cool. So to be able to actually talk to the guy, the man, the Honky Tonk Man, it's just, you know, there's no words to describe it. It was, you know, a complete honor, and I was uh, happy to be a part of this with uh, you and Blackjack and and, uh, Honky Tonk Man. I mean, I'm just speechless. Yeah, I mean, the, earlier I spoke to you, and I didn't know for sure because it was 50-50, and I wrote you a little bit earlier that he, it was still 50-50. So you'll see that when you get on your email. But uh, let me just plug the show. Uh, it is on March the 8th of this year at the Marriott Courtyard, 9010 Ditmars Boulevard, East Elmhurst, New York, from 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. The show is only 10 bucks. Uh, all right, here's some of the guys you're going to see. AJ Styles, Dennis Rodman, The King, Harley Race, King Kong Bundy, Off Bagwell, Jimmy Hart, Honky Tonk Man, who you just heard from, yes. Bodyguard Virgil, The Little Boogeyman, and the Boogeyman, and Greg the Hammer Valentine, and much, much more uh, names will be uh, coming down uh, as we uh, speak. Uh, Hop on to them. 
BigEvent.com. Uh, once you're there, you can go to their Facebook uh, and their Twitter handle. So uh, definitely looks like it's going to be a great show. Uh, soon we should have uh, Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart. That should be the next big guest, uh, wow. along with... Uh, Possibly uh, Dennis Rodman. That's a that's a fifty-fifty. I want to say at this this point, but uh, hopefully uh, we will have Mr. Dennis Rodman. But uh, just before just in closing, um, uh, we were talking about Raw. We were talking so. Uh, what do you expect, uh, JJ, uh, for the uh, next for Monday's Raw? In closing. Well, you know, they, they mentioned uh, that Batista will have a promo that you will be able to see on SmackDown. He's going to have a one-on-one with the fans, and he's going to address, you know, that uh, they've been booing him and things like that. So I can't help but wonder if whether or not they actually turn uh, Batista heel. Could we see Batista turn heel with the fans, you know, just booing him, berating him, you know, every week, every week, you know, how could you ignore that? I mean, to have the guy as a face and to be constantly booed, they get away with John Cena because John Cena has, you know, the fans, he's got the little kids, he's got a lot of the girls, they love him and things like that, but Batista doesn't even have that. You know, the little kids no. aren't really cheering him. So uh, it would be interesting to me whether or not we see Batista turn heel uh, by the time WrestleMania rolls up or on WrestleMania, and then he could be potentially the big heel champion, and maybe, just maybe, Daniel Bryan could be chasing him in the future. Well, we definitely uh, will see for that. Uh, We're going to do our WrestleMania moment in just a second, so think about that. Um... But uh, as I was saying, I do want the fans to uh, tune in on Thursday. We will be talking, uh, I don't know which defense attorney I will have on, at 9 o'clock on the East, I'll have somebody to be talking about Raymond Felton's troubles, uh, the Arizona situation uh, that's going on right now, and a lot, a lot uh, more. Uh, in terms of that. And if you want to hear the replay, of course, you could just wait uh, 20 minutes after the program and just uh, uh, you could uh, hear it again on replay. Also, uh, King Jordan Radio, facebook.com forward slash King Jordan Radio, or on Twitter at Mr. King Jordan. And uh, the website is www.kingjordan.com. KingJordanSportsAndMedia.com. And now it's time for our WrestleMania moment. And it's going to start with me. Okay. Let's go back to 1990, since we mentioned it earlier. In one corner was the immortal Hulk Hogan. In the other corner was the ultimate warrior. For the first time in WWE history, it was title for title. As in a classic match, people say they had their worst match together, and that was their best match together. 
It was Hulk Hogan losing to the Ultimate Warrior in a stunned crowd at WrestleMania six. Just totally, uh, totally uh, unsuspected at that time. And I heard there were a lot of changes. And Blackjack, you were there. And uh, Blackjack, let's go to you for your WrestleMania moment as we get, uh, we are only uh, about five weeks away or six weeks away. I tell you. really hard to group anything like this. It really is, bro. Even as we get closer, I'm just looking to the... Well, think uh, about the WrestleManias that you were at. <laughs> you pick one from there. Uh, at a WrestleMania 29? Uh, they're hard. <laughs> they, they really are, man. All right, so just pick one, Blackjack. How you can about... take a one. Shawn Michaels against Brett. How's that? I was right there. Yeah. Shawn Michaels against Bret Hart. That was yeah, a one-hour Iron Man match uh, where it went to overtime. Yeah, that, that stands out to mind. That was a phenomenal match, and that was the day the Ultimate Warrior returned to to the ring and beat Triple H in 33 seconds. Unbelievable. That would never happen now or in a million years. And finally, our Wrestling Insider, let's go to you for your WrestleMania moment as we are, what, let's see, how many weeks away are we? Uh, about five, six weeks away to uh, WrestleMania. JJ, what is your WrestleMania moment this week? Well, you know, before I mentioned Bret Hart, I mentioned CM Punk. This time i got to go with another one of my boys, uh, Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 19, taking on uh, his boyhood idol, Shawn Michaels. It's very rare to have someone who grew up watching another wrestler and to who idolized him. If you look at a lot of uh, Chris Jericho earlier in his career, he was very flamboyant, much like Sean was. You know, he did some of the similar moves that uh, Sean did, the elbow off the top rope. You know, he was uh, one of those guys who always did the over-the-top rope, whether he was flying or doing a suicide dive. You know, he really modeled a lot of uh, the stuff that he did after, you know, Shawn Michaels. And uh, to have that match where someone who grew up watching him for years, idolized him, and then all of a sudden you have this match, and it's at WrestleMania. It was such a big match for uh, Jericho, and these guys tore the house down. I thought, you know, by far it was one of the the best uh, matches on the card, which is tough because I think uh, WrestleMania 19 was also Rock and Austin. So uh, it was hard to top that, but uh, Jericho... And uh, Shawn Michaels, Y2J, and HBK, it was just an instant classic, just a real yeah. great technical matchup. Yeah, you're 100% right. You hit it on the head. That was uh, 19. That was also the one where Hogan took on Vince that year. That's uh, right, yeah. Street right, very yeah. good one. Okay, we will be back Tuesday night, 8 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and uh, 5 p.m. West Coast Time. I want to thank Blackjack Brown, Chicago Sun. Thank you. JJ, thank you. Yeah, same here, Blackjack. Come on, man. He's cool. He's cocky. Come on, man. 
<laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> honky. I want to thank the Honky Talk, man. And, of course, I want to thank you, JJ. Uh, yes, okay. I'll put on the questions to Mr. Honky Talk, man. My pleasure, man. It was a great honor. Okay, guys, we will see you next week and uh, look forward to uh, the WWE Network, SmackDown, Raw, and uh, we'll recap it next week here. Thanks a lot, JJ and Blackjack. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Okay.